you're ready to make the door swing, the phone ring, and the website ping. In this episode, we're talking about one of the best kept secrets in any community. It's network of local business owners. Businesses or business owners that rely on foot traffic, phone calls, and website bookings. Those same businesses that support your kids' sports teams, donate to fundraising efforts, and provide amazing advice to women who are ready to ditch dieting and get on with feeling great about who they are. But no more secrets. From the skinny lessons that'll make you wins to the tell-all TMZ-style tell-alls. <laughs> These everyday people are doing extraordinary things in their businesses. Welcome to the secret life of local. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google Girl, and local business cheerleader. I've been helping local businesses thrive for over 20 years, from online businesses to multi-location stores. You can turn browsers to buyers and thinkers to doers. Today, we're sharing the secrets and going behind the scenes with a health coach who supports women in their journey towards feeling better and being healthy. And here's a little insider secret. The word diet, it's a swear word in her books. Sherry Pratt is the owner and founder of uh, Sherry Pratt Health Coaching. So welcome, Sherry. Let, let's let you tell your story. Awesome. Thank you so much, Barb. Yeah. So solopreneurship is actually a second career for me. Ah, yes. Were you doing something health oriented before as well? No, not at all. Actually, I, my degree is a computer science degree. I, so I previously spent 25 years in the corporate world Mm -hmm. working as an IT professional and executive, you know, in that sort of software development application space. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a huge switch. So, so start there. How the heck did you make that switch? Yeah. So, I mean, I certainly enjoyed that career and it was very fulfilling, but after, you know, sort of that 25 ish was getting close to 25 years, I started to like just reflect. And I was also, you know, heading towards my mid forties at that point. And I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis, Mm -hmm. but I definitely started to think like, what else do I want from life? What would, you know, how can I pursue some of my other interests and passions? And, and so I'd always, always been, health had always been important to me. Mm-hmm. fitness and wellness and nutrition, personal passions that I'd done a lot of reading on my own about. Um, And as I was sort of exploring, you know, where do I take my career? I came upon health coaching. I'd never heard of this thing before, Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden it seemed like a great way to marry my personal interest and passion. I'd never considered trying to make a living doing that. Right. Um, Exactly. But along came health coaching. And so it gave me this opportunity to really impact the well-being directly of others. And that was appealing to me. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So what did you have to do to become a health coach? How did you actually move from this corporate nine to five gig into <laughs> solopreneurship? Yeah, it was, a, it was a process and a journey. So and again, I was a project manager as part of my career, among other things. So definitely planned it all out, started to sort of architect my exit. Uh, it took me a couple of years. I, I spent a year, I took a year long training course in coaching. It was very wow. intense, um, mm-hmm. very highly credentialed. Okay. I loved every second of it. And that really kind of gave, I started initially, I took the course and I thought, well, even if I just learn something personally right. and apply it to my own life. Mm-hmm. But I eventually loved it so much. I was like, no, I'm going to take this. and I'm going to do something with it. Got it. Okay. So yeah. uh, are you married or have a partner or do you have children? 
Absolutely, I do. I have uh, I have a farmer for a husband, okay. a partner, and so, I have two boys. And two boys. Okay, so tell me about that conversation when you say, hey, hubby dear, I'm going to leave my corporate <laughs> job as a project manager and become a solopreneur. Tell me about that conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, fortunately, he was super supportive. Mm-hmm. You know, very much so in the like, do what kind of what makes you happy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So while he, he actually trained as an electrical engineer and he spent, he had a 20 year career as an electrical engineer, but farming was always been in his background. Like he's always helped on his family farm. And so he stepped down from his corporate job, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, not that it was corporate, but you know, like his job yes. to run the farm. Okay. And you know, he's very much like, we have to do what makes us happy. So he's like, go, go for it. Like try it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really nice. You know, I, I always enjoy it when I hear that story because it's not always that way spouses and partners are not always a hundred percent on board uh when they hear that their other half is you know gonna get into some sort of business that hey maybe i'm gonna make gobs of money but maybe we're gonna starve <laughs> right yeah so it's not always yes. the response no and, and you know fortunately we you know we weren't in a position where we were gonna starve you know so i again i planned ahead right like i yes. created myself a little nest egg and, mm-hmm. and and whatnot so yeah exactly Okay, so tell me what it looks like when you're working uh, with a, a potential client, when you're working with a client. Um, how do you help them? How would you help someone like me? Because I'm your target market. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what I would, you know, step back just a little bit and just want to talk a little bit about like sort of what diet culture is. Yes. So I think that sort of helps to ground the conversation. Sure. So, you know, diet culture is this system of beliefs, you know, and behaviors that really rewards, even worships thinness, Mm -hmm. right? And it it equates thin with healthy Mm -hmm. and it equates thin with good, right? So health and moral virtue, right? Mm -hmm. And and where, you know, your body size, your appearance, they really trump your mental, your social, and your general well-being. Yes, agreed. And this is like the air we breathe, it's the water we swim in, right? It's, it's pervasive. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's the same for men as it is for women? uh, Sadly, I think it's getting to be more so, but not, I would say nowhere near for sure. Yep. Um, but you know, and, and sort of sort of translate that a little into like, because that's a sort of a big and broad description, Mm -hmm. but some real world examples. It's, it's like the, the reason why brides always feel this need to lose weight before their weddings. Yes why new moms always feel pressured to get their bodies back. Mm-hmm. You know, why it's no longer sufficient to just look good. We have to like look good naked. Like, yeah. really? Exactly. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's why meno belly is a thing. Like, it's just create, like, the, they've done such a fantastic job on the advertising and marketing side, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah. It shows up in less obvious ways in our lives too, though. Yes. Like, why we feel the need to justify our food to others, our food choices all the time, mm-hmm. right? You're at a restaurant and you decide you're going to have the fries, but you have to say like, well, I worked out today or, or I've been so good or, you know? Exactly. Even to yourself, the fact that we feel like we have to justify it to ourselves, never mind if there's someone at the table that you're justifying it to. Why would we need to say to ourselves, hmm, I want fries today. Why does that yeah. matter? Right. Right. Um, or it's been a long day and I deserve cookies. Like, yeah. no, you don't, you don't have to earn your food. Exactly. Right? Well, isn't that the truth? You don't have to earn your food. And I agree. Growing up as a teenager, that was 100% how I equated 
No, I won't. I won't put it in my teens. In my teens, I absolutely uh, focused on, you know, oh, I want to lose weight. I wanted this. I wanted that. Um, but it wasn't until I got into my 20s that it was like, okay, I went to the gym. So now I can have this. You know what? I can have whatever I want. I'm an adult. Uh, I don't have any, you know, at that point in time, I didn't have any special uh, diet or food requirements. And so you can have whatever you want. But I agree, especially women, we are focused on um, usually the wrong things. We're focused on appearance versus how do I feel? Yeah. So so talk to me a little bit, Sherry, about as a woman, uh, you know, if I look at a picture, so I've got two pictures in front of me, one woman is thin uh, and one woman might be not as thin. We tend to look at the thin person and think she's healthy. I want mm-hmm. to look like that. In fact, this one could be a triathlete. She could yes. be an Olympic weightlifter. Why? What? What is baked into us that we look at the thin person and automatically say healthy? Yeah, and I think that is ex- it. I don't think it's it's not baked into our DNA, but it's baked into our culture, right? Yes. It's in all the messages around us. It's mm-hmm. in the social media and and the marketing, and it it comes out in our movies and our TV shows. Like when you yeah. actually start to step back and look at this stuff, mm-hmm. you realize how often people are portrayed as young, as thin, as usually light skinned, like you know, fair mm-hmm. features. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I made this comment to my family the other day because we were, I forget, we were watching some TV show or something and this, this idea of an older person came up. Oh, that's what it was. The woman, so these two friends in the movie, they were friends. They were apparently high school. They had been in high school together, like in the same grade. Right. Okay. She looked like she was maybe 40, like natural hair color still beautiful very you know blemish free probably even younger but he had gray hair he i mean he looked like he was probably in his 50s or 60s -hmm. and i was like um how did they go to high school together yeah there's a discrepancy here because we won't put elderly you know women with gray hair Mm -hmm. in a tv show right well and if we do then we depict them as being 60 or 70 or older now i heard this uh around the golden girl show um like i want to say they were like 50 when they did the show and yet you look mm. at it now and you realize they're being depicted as being 80 but yeah. that's how we used to envision 50 yes right? and so yeah i remember being a teenager and i hear it from my own kids now like 50 is old 60 is ancient 70 are you sure you'll live till that long mom right and it's like serious you guys and so even they have this mindset where to them their teachers who are you know 30 40 they're old right it's like wow you guys have a lot of waking up to do and we did as teenagers too yeah when i think yeah. back to being a teenager low fat no fat right? All of those trends were kind of the in thing. Now, of course, in time, we've learned how bad that actually was for us. But we have current day trends. We have keto. We have, yes. oh my God, I don't even know them all. But but talk to me about that. Like when you get on the phone with somebody, is that the first thing they're talking about is I'm on the keto diet. I'm on this. I tried that. It didn't work. What do you hear from folks? Absolutely. And so the real irony here is that 
when I first started my coaching business, I was sort of exploring like, who do I want to work with? How, how do I want to coach? And I started it in the middle of the pandemic. So meeting face to face and sort of working in my community wasn't necessarily an option. So I ended up yeah. signing on with a company, like a startup out of the, out of Amsterdam of all places. Oh, wow. Um, and they offer, they basically offered keto coaching, keto diet coaching. Oh, and at okay. the time, you know, at the time initially, I, I mean, I'd always sort of wanted a balanced relationship with, with food and dieting. Mm-hmm. I'd always taken sort of a balanced approach, but I was still of the mindset that, well, diets might work or, you know, like eating healthy does include dieting to some extent. Mm-hmm. And so I actually started down the path of being a keto diet coach. And, and that was really the flip, the turning point for me that got me from, got me to like diets as a swear word, as you said, right? Because, <laughs> because I saw, like, I, I said, I'll say I, I sort of was, I was squarely on team diet when I first started, right? Like it's important to pay attention to what you eat. Yes. But as I saw in my clients and even in myself, um, more so in myself, mm-hmm. The more you lose weight, the less happier you get. Yes. You know, so losing weight, all it brought on was a preoccupation with food, Mm -hmm. a concern about regaining weight, and just this, like, all your mental energy tied up Mm -hmm. in, like, white knuckling it through, right? Yes. Yes. And I saw this. I mean, I felt it in myself many times as I went through that cycle, Mm -hmm. um, but I started to see it in my clients. And that's when it finally clicked for me. Like, this doesn't work. This isn't good for anybody. This has never really been good for my mental health. And that's when I had to step back and I'm like, you know what? This, I'm, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel right talking to clients about this anymore. Yeah. Oh, good for you. You know, and, and I've heard some stories, especially on the keto diet. I know that for some people it has really worked. It, it helped them make the changes that they needed, um, in many cases quite quickly. I've also heard the horror stories. Uh, from people and, you know, just the digestive upset that sometimes comes with the diet when you first change and, and some of those types of things. What's interesting to me is, you know, we have the keto diet and we had the Atkins diet and we had something else. And I shared with you before we got started today uh, that that I eat gluten-free. I'm celiac. The food I eat is gluten-free. The phrase that people will use is I'm on the gluten-free diet or I'm on an on a gluten-free diet. Which, if you say that in a restaurant, if you say that, you know, around family who doesn't understand, oh, when are you going to end this diet? Um, Well, I guess when I'm dead, because my celiac's not going to go away. So I guess there is an end point. But that wasn't really, you know, the focus here. Yeah. It's not about losing weight. Um, Yes. And I, I think that's where I myself, I can't speak for everyone, am starting to see a change. Women are starting to talk about being healthy, being fit, being strong. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see more of it depicted on television, in magazines. Now, maybe it's because I look for it. Maybe it's not actually there. I don't know. What do you think? What's your opinion? It's a, it's a, it's a good point. There are days when I actually do get excited about things changing. And I see it happening. Mm-hmm. And then there are days when I just shake my head and, and want to cry again about like how far we haven't come or how much we've stepped back. Right. Mm-hmm. I definitely think the information you surround yourself with is important yes. um, and, and has an impact. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's often, I feel like I'll see us take one step forward and then I'll see us take two steps back. Right. Yes. Like 
recently, they re the U.S. and I suspect Canada will follow along quickly, released a bunch of guidelines around obesity for, t for children. Right. Like, and so, and this was something that, you know, two steps back in my opinion, right? Like was it? not recognizing that so much of one of the biggest issues around sort of weight issues is the stigma of just the, the non-acceptance we have around larger bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and society is built for a certain size of body. Yes. Your airline seat, your restaurant seat. Um, it's no different. Uh, this is totally an aside. It's no different than the height of a toilet. It's yes. built for a man, not a woman's height, right? Yes. Now, okay, do I think that means we need adjustable toilets? No, I don't. But but it was built uh, with a man's height and frame to be considered. Yeah. Um, on Instagram, I follow an influencer who is very health and fitness oriented. That is her business. Um, I follow her because she's also got some really strong marketing messages and I enjoy them. So someone asked her the other day, probably in her DMs, uh, why this was all she talked about, health, fitness, working out, weightlifting, mm. right? Why this is what she talked about. So she, she shared a post and it was probably, you know, all 10 carousel slides long. And the last one, and I, like I read through and I kept looking for this last one and finally it came and she's like, because I enjoy it right? And it, it, because she didn't say it first, like that would have been my first answer. Cause I like it. Right. Like yeah. that would have been as complicated as my answer got, but to her credit, you know, she explained all sorts of things about it's good for you and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end she said this and I thought the fact that she had to say, she actually enjoys mm -hmm. it. She actually right. likes it. Um, and I, you know, I kind of reflected on that because when I used to be really active in CrossFit, people would ask me all the time, like, how do you do that? because I like it because it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. Like why else would I, why else would I put myself through something yeah. like that? Right. Yeah. So it's so it was, awesome that you have that perspective and relationship to exercise because so many of us don't, right? Mm -hmm. Like so many of, you know, exercise gets lumped in with diet, right. As a way to control the size and shape of our body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of the work I do really is, is getting people to see that and getting them to come back to what you're talking about. Yes. Find things that you enjoy, find yes. things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. Let's start eating in a way that makes us feel good. Yes. And, you know, honestly, <clears throat> Cherry, I feel quite fortunate because whether it was the choices that my parents made for me early on, or maybe it's just who I was, uh, there's a lot of types of activities that I just always liked. Uh, I swam, I played baseball, like I did all of these things. And the when I look at the times in my own life that have been the most difficult, it's when I can't find something to do that I like. And I, I like do, I mean, like specifically, you know, gym oriented. So the times that I haven't been able to find an activity or, you know, a team, something to be a part of that was bigger than just myself, like I was miserable absolutely mm. miserable. So, I mean, it's, it's very important to me. And I shared this with you earlier too. I remember that almost to the day, you know, I took the, my fitness pal app off my phone and I took something else off. So I didn't have to worry about macros. And I was like, ah, yes. there was that huge sigh of relief. And yes. you know, there's been a couple of times I'm preparing for a surgery right now where like I do need to pay attention 
to what I'm eating and what I'm doing. And just the mere thought of putting some type of app back on my phone to track, like I have resisted it at all cost because I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole. Yeah. It's so nice once you have that freedom, right? You recognize, you can look back and I, you know, I've been on my own journey. I look back and I'm I'm like so shocked at how restrictive I was, like Mm -hmm. how, and how normal that felt, right? Like as I brought all sorts of foods back into my diet and sometimes I get it. It's interesting because sometimes like I still get a raised eyebrow from my husband because he, like my family sort of, it was just how I ate for such a long time. Mm -hmm. Yep. And every once in a while now, they'll look at me and be like, you're going to eat that, mom? And I'm like, you bet I'm going to eat this. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny that you tell that story. I was working with a health coach one time, and we were we were specifically counting macros because I was doing some training for triathlon at the time uh, and very active in CrossFit. So it was it was really about finding the balance and, and all of these sorts of things. Anyway, we sit down for supper one night right after I started working with them. And my son, who at the time maybe was five, like 10 years ago. Yeah, he was probably around five. He looked at my plate and he's like, mom, you're going to eat all that? (laughs) Right? (laughs) And I just thought, wow, like the fact that a, like a a child of that age has that kind of cognition, it tells you where the, call it the brainwashing, like where it starts. Brainwashing. That's a great word. So yes. So tell me about clients working with you. What can they expect? What does that journey look like working with you? Yeah, absolutely. So I primarily work with women sort of in that midlife range, right? Mm -hmm. Like so mid 40s to mid 60s kind of time. Okay. who, you know, are, have been professional, I like to call them professional dieters, right? Mm-hmm. Or like yo-yo dieters, right? Yeah. And they're really ready to step out of that diet cycle. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're weary of it. They're recognizing that it's, it's just not working anymore. But often they're afraid mm-hmm. of doing so, right? Like it brings up fear, you know, because back to your point of brainwashing, it's, it's kind of like admitting defeat, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Or, you know, the other fear is that it's going to result in some, some form of weight gain, right? Because we've always, once mm-hmm. we stop the diets, the weight comes back on, right? So, yes. so they want to step out of the cycle, they're tired of it, but they're not sure how, and they're not sure what it means. So we go through a process to kind of work through that. And they're probably nervous. If I get off that diet wagon, what's going to happen, right? Yes. There's, there's that fear that goes along with it too. Exactly. And especially again, sort of as we've hit midlife, because our bodies start changing. Mm-hmm. And so a big piece of the work that we have to do is to recognize that we need to start working, you know, with our bodies. Our bodies are so much smarter than us. Absolutely. And we, you know, we control very little at the end of the day in terms of, I mean, of course, how we move, what we eat, this stuff matters, mm-hmm. but it's not all that matters. And, yeah. you know, biology trumps willpower all the time. Yes, exactly. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Okay, so somebody decides uh, that they're ready to take the plunge. And so Sherry, help me out on this journey. Um, Tell me what that looks like. How long do we work together? What do we do? How do you help me shift my mindset so that I have a healthier perspective on moving and eating? Yeah, absolutely. So we usually dig into, you know, always say like having genuine health really starts with the foundation of having a healthy relationship to food. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So we start by sort of examining, acknowledging sort of the influence diet culture has had on us, all the stuff we've been talking about, mm -hmm. um, getting people to sort of recognize where they're at and, and giving them the courage to step out with some A, science-based information on why this stuff doesn't work. But more often, it's just their own lived experience. Yes. You know, it's really just like, hey, what, what have I truly seen in my own and felt in my own life? Um, once we have that courage to kind of really start to put, like, delete those dieting apps, throw away the scale, mm -hmm. you immediately feel this weight lifted off your shoulders. Yes. And then we can start moving forward with, okay, let's dismantle all those beliefs we have around food, around good food and bad food. Because mm -hmm. when we're constantly labeling and applying judgment to food, we subconsciously apply those same labels to ourselves. Very true. Yeah. Really good point. Yeah. So, and then, you know, food sometimes shows up as coping mechanisms, right? Mm -hmm. It's become our, our, our go-to for stress or emo emotional regulation when we're tired, when we're bored, you know, all those things, even yes. for celebration, right? Mm -hmm. So we start to recognize what other coping mechanisms we have, lean on other tools, but it's really, once we let go of the health equals diet plus exercise view of the world, mm -hmm. we start to see other possibilities open up. Yes, absolutely. Um, another big piece of the puzzle, obviously, is like, again, the sort of biology component that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. and it's really important for us um, to sort of start to acknowledge that, you know, we have to like stop blaming, blaming our body for not conforming to diet culture ideals, right? Yeah. And understand how, how genetics and biology really influence how we look. Mm -hmm. Because we can't, you know, food and weight are inextricably linked. Yes. And, and you can't make peace with food. You can't step out of that diet cycle, you know, when you're still at war with your body and the way you look. Yeah. So that body confidence, body image is a big piece of the work that we do. And that's where the mindset shifts have to occur as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's a big piece in there that says, how do you start listening to your body? Because yes. your body knows that food is fuel. At the end of the day, your, your body doesn't necessarily care how many calories go in it's fuel. My car needs gas. I need to get someplace. Um, and I think that's a, a really big acceptance piece. Is, yes. Okay. Did I have an apple today or did I have this? What did my body need or want? Yeah. So true. And that's a, so a lot of the, the work that I do is based on the principles of intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. I'm a trained intuitive eating counselor. And that's, you know, the foundation of intuitive eating is really being able to listen to what, how your body, how food responds in your body. Yes. And ultimately we want to be responding based on feeling good, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about good foods or bad foods or not about how much to eat, when to eat. It's really about what's my body telling me. So, and often we have to get in tune with that. And anybody who spent years or decades dieting is really good at ignoring their body. Oh, you right? have to ignore your body to diet. You have to. That's, yeah, yeah. bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that can be a process, like getting back in touch with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, you know, a good analogy is like paying attention to when you have to go to the bathroom. Like, mm -hmm. we're, we're pretty good at that. Although some people in some jobs have learned to, you know, ignore that. Exactly. Yeah, there's days I ignore that because I'm busy. Yep. Right. Um, but it's like that, right? It's like really learning to respond to what your, your body's telling you. So that's a big piece, absolutely, of what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then ultimately at the end, it's it's helping women to redefine what health means to them. Yes. Right. So what what is important to you in your life? That health is so much more, you know, I sometimes like to say this, like boiling health down to diet and exercise is like 
boiling marriage down to sex and love. Mm -hmm. We know that there's more than two components necessary for a long-lasting, happy marriage. Yes. It's the same that's true of, of, of your health. It's not just physical. It's it's emotional. It's the people that you connect with. It's feeling supported. It's, you know, having social connections. It's, mm -hmm. it is, I mean, there's aspects of how you move and, and what you eat, but it's also like meaning and purpose. And, and what do you do for a living? Like there's so many components of health. Yeah. Yeah. And so really starting to connect the dots to get people to be like this, this is what health means for me. And this is what, how I want to live my life so mm -hmm. that I can be healthy. Exactly. Be healthy feel good and be happy, not look good. I mean, if yes. you, if you're happy with your appearance, you tend to feel good, but we often derive how we feel from how we want to look. When I get here, I will feel this way. You have no idea how you're going to feel when you get there because you've never been there before, or it's been so exactly. long since you've been there that you can't remember what that felt like. Yeah. Right? Yeah, um, exactly. So true. And I think, you know, socially, there's there's a crazy expectation in place that says, well, this is what we see on TV. This is what we see in a magazine uh, or this is what you look like when you graduated from high school. So you should look the same. Um, yeah. No, I've had yes. children and I'm right. like, no, I shouldn't. And I don't want to. Yes. It's the no, I don't want to that we have to get to. Like that's the mindset shift, right? Because mm -hmm. so often we believe we still should. You know, I, I love yeah. telling my kids, yeah, I have this belly and you gave it to me, but I'm good with it. Like, mm -hmm. I have two beautiful boys and I'm happy about that, right? And I'm happy that I have a belly as a result. Yes. I love looking at pictures with the kids because my kids will often comment on, oh my God, like look how much gray hair you have now, mom. And I'm like, yeah, you gave me every one of them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I earned, I earned every one of these. Exactly, exactly. And they all kind of, you know, they don't get it and they, they won't until they're parents. And I'm okay with that. There's, there's a huge gap I want to say especially for women when it comes to self-acceptance mm -hmm. this is who I am and you know you either take me as I am or you don't um, and when you I would say and this is speaking very personally for me 40 was I don't care anymore what you think I'm gonna do what I want as long as it's good for me my family right socially society yeah. don't care and then there's 45 and you just go, eh, whatever. And you, and, and you can literally start to tune the messages out. I know it's not the same for everyone, but for me, mm -hmm. you know, those were my two milestones where it was like, yeah, I, I don't care at all what you think. Um, and there's so much power that comes from that feeling, being able yeah. to tune it out, uh, and disregard it with, Without yes. it, you know, sometimes you you say you disregard it, but sometimes there's a residual and it continues to yeah. echo in your head. Yes. Yes, nope. absolutely. Gone. Did you say something? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I don't listen to that. Right? And genuinely tune it out. Oh, I just want to acknowledge that in you, Barb, because that is such a powerful way to, you know, to see yourself, to live in your body. And it's, unfortunately, it's not easy for everyone to get there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and so that's where it's really important for people to, you know, belong to a support community, reach out and get some professional support or, or whatever it takes for you to get there. Cause that's where I, I would love for everyone to be right. Like that's where we want every woman in this world to be. Exactly. Yes. Uh, Sherry, I'm going to ask you one last question and then we have to wrap up because we've gone over time. Like I so often do. Um, our teenage girls, 
how do we help them get to a point that in uh, 10, 20, and 30 years, they're not having uh, a conversation with their health coach? How do we build that in them that they can start to feel good about who they are? That is such an awesome question, Barb, and I wish I had a really great answer. <laughs> I don't feel like I do other than like just awareness, right? The more we talk about this stuff, the more we start to educate ourselves, our children, mm -hmm. the more we start to stop commenting on people's bodies and their weight. Yes. You know, like one of the biggest compliments you can pay somebody in our society is, oh, you look fantastic. Have you lost weight or you've lost weight? You look so good. Mm -hmm. If we stop commenting on how people people look physically yeah. and start commenting on their energy, their sense of humor, the, you know, the way that they work, the detail oriented, how detail oriented, they, like whatever, there's a million ways you can compliment somebody mm -hmm. that don't involve appearance. Yes, exactly. And I think our brains, again, especially as women, our brains go to that place where you look good if you're thin, yes. not you look good if. Right. Yes. Um, and actually, you'll remember at the very beginning of our conversation when we were talking, I said, you know, are you OK if I ca capture some video um, because you look healthy? I can't see the rest of your body. I have no idea what the rest of your body looks like. But your appearance, you you're glowing, you're rosy, you're happy, you're healthy. Right. And that's what we need to be focused on, I think. So. Yes. Yes. Anyway, absolutely. We should wrap it up. Uh, just before we do, though, please tell our listeners how they can find you online, your social channels and your website. How will they find you? Absolutely. Yeah. So probably the simplest thing is just to go to my webpage, which is, you know, sherryprat.ca. You can also find me on Facebook. I got a business page, Sherry Pratt Health Coaching, mm -hmm. and on Instagram at sherrypratt underscore health coach. And if you go to my website, I've also got a free guide that you can get that you can grab around emotional eating. So it's called Halt Emotional Eating. It's a fantastic tool. Mm -hmm. If you sort of struggle with that stress eating, that emotional eating that is so typical when we've been in that diet cycle. Yes, exactly. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sherry, for joining me and having a long conversation today about health, about dieting and about, you know, being empowered to just step back from all of it and delete those apps. So on that note, if you want to sell your story, then you need to tell your story. And there's no better place to start than the Secret Life Show. If you want to be a guest, you can email me at barb at abovethefold.live or reach out on our Facebook and Instagram pages at abovethefoldca. I'm your host, Barb McGrath, Google Girl, Google Girl, and founder of the Get Found for Local program. Remember, you worked hard for your success. Don't keep it a secret. Bye for now.